What is up, Southwest Virginia? Welcome back to episode 22, ladies and gentlemen, of Beats, Brews, and Buddies. I'm your host, Travis Schmidt. This is... Jeremy Price. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk hip-hop, we're going to talk culture, we're going to talk community, uh, we're going to kind of wrap things up with our second-to-last guest of 2022 with our good buddy and friend, Brian Harvest Hancock, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. Hey, hey. Brian, how you doing, man? I can't complain, man. I can't complain. I I, I walked into your home, which is literally the bat cave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is the bat cave here. It is. Uh, maybe we'll do an episode in that room so everybody can see all my accoutrements. Especially before you <laughs> yeah. move. I know. Which, you know, you got some time and all, but I think, uh, I think you've been the biggest fan of it. Everybody's impressed by it. Yeah. I think you've connected more than I've seen. It, Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's just like been in awe of just staring at the things that are on my wall and the things that are on my my shelves. And I I I personally and absolutely love it. So uh welcome Brian. Hey, hey thank you for having me. Yeah, Appreciate man. you coming on. So we are Beats Brews and Buddies and Jeremy's gonna introduce our brood today. Jeremy, what are we drinking? Mm, well, we're having Vienna Lager, which we normally have. We're also having a crown and coke for our man, Brian. Yes. A little crown and coke. Yes. Croak, I said croak, coke, crown and croak, croak. count and croak. Yeah, See, that yeah. was not as funny. Let me tell you a little bit about Crown Royal and its exceptional smoothness, the standard of excellence for Canadian whiskey. Mm-hmm. A blend of distinct, full bodied Canadian whiskeys matured to perfection in white oak barrels. Crown Royal was first created as a gift for the King and Queen of England to honor their visit to Canada in 1939. To this day, every bottle of Crown Royal whiskey is crafted to meet that same uncompromising standard. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> I hope I read this bio just as well as you read the back of that Crown bottle. I kept thinking about the purple bags. Yo. Oh, because yeah. when I came up playing music in this town, everybody had a Crown Royal purple bag, and that's where you put the snake. There's very, they're very handy, and grim, my grandmother uses it to to clean and dust things. Oh, so, yeah, she could put her whole hand in it. You can put your hand in, you can clean oh, with it. Awesome. It was the it was the first micro fabric. Yes. I don't know. That, that don't, that's not true. Oh man, we're gonna have fun today. Uh, hey, hold on, hold up. Oh, cheers! 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 Hey, let's get Thank some clink, clink clinky Thank from you. afar. Not, not my neighbor. I can't reach you. There we go. <laughs> Brian Harvest Black Hancock is yes. an actor, slam poet, and hip hop performer, and Perry F. Uh, is it Kendig nominated yeah. uh, artist? Brian works at the Jefferson Center Music Lab as their lead hip hop studies teacher. His acting credits include the web series Tuned Out TV and Showtimer's production 12 Angry Men, Holland's Playwrights Festival. Uh, is it Pheromones? Yep. Man, I'm getting it. Pheromones uh, Baltimore and Baltimore. He is currently a cast member of the Big Lick Conspiracy Comedy Troupe. Harvest is also um, the host and curator of a bi-weekly poetry soul, uh, show, Soul Sessions. Uh, we're going to talk about that for sure. Uh, for almost nine years, Soul Sessions has been the peaceful, creative hub for all walks of life. Soul Sessions is an open space for one to let their soul be free and their voices to be heard through open mic poetry. 
who uh, they are housed in Morning Brew Coffee. Oh, not uh, anymore. Not anymore. Where's no. that at? Uh, five eleven Jefferson, and that is called Ursula's Cafe. Sorry. I, oh no, Ursula's. Yep, Ursula's. We're at Ursula's now, and um, yeah, we've been there since August, and it's been amazing. So shout out to them. Off of Jefferson Street. Uh, five eleven Jefferson. Yep, okay. Yep. Yep. I probably something got mixed up. No, it's all right. And um, so Harvest has also worked on his craft as a performing artist. Uh, what's that word? MC. MC. Oh, MC. I just <laughs> I think yeah, you're of the not used to seeing it that way. I am not. I was like, that says MC, but it's not spelled MC. Phonetic. Phonetically. Uh, and is also known for his underground mixtapes, Stress as a Weapon, Volume One and Two. Harvest Black album Mind Scrub is out now, and the second LP, The Care Package Volume One, is in the works. Welcome, welcome, welcome! Thank you. Would you do you want us to call you Brian or Harvest? Um, call me Brian. All right, it's like you know, you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with just Brian. Well, I'm gonna I like s- saying Harvest. I do too. You can call me Harvest. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not really like hung up on either one. It's just. Uh, it was a nickname my friend gave me back in high school. How'd that um, come about? He says, "If you want to tell us, yeah, I can tell." You. Yeah, <laughs> he says, "I ain't got no kids running around here." <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, uh, my my best friend Rob, uh, growing up, and he he told me I have a positive way of planting positive seeds in people's minds. Okay, and it's dope to watch them grow. Wow. And so he said, "My brother, you're gonna reap the harvest." And so he he named me Harvest, and that was like my junior year, and he had been calling me Harvest ever since. And Love so it. we used to rap together. Um, we used to have this rap group back in the early, the late nineties, early two thousands, called Poison Noke Productions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, it was uh, we uh, were doing a lot of underground stuff around the area back in back in the day, and um, I'm very fortunate. To have been able to hang out and do that stuff as well. Love it. Well, Harvest, you've been mentioned on the podcast several times. And uh, Jeremy and I try to take note, uh, especially two or more. Uh, We were talking pre-show. Macklin, our first artist. Yo, uh, yeah. And a guest mentioned you. Uh, My best friend, Laura Quadrado, who you work with. Yeah. um, At Carillion. Mentioned you, and then uh, I believe Marshall Hicks also yeah. mentioned you in the podcast. Marshman. Marshall Hicks. Marshman. The guy Marshman. that knows everyone. Marshman is the clutch player of the century. He's always come through. Um, he, uh, he He's not just an amazing sound man, he's an amazing musician. And uh, I'm, and he's actually been helping me as well record uh, my, my um, new album. And so um, he he's just always been instrumental of being that clutch player, you know, giving me direction um, and, you know, not only just a pro- like a sound guy, he, he is a producer and he's somebody who can give you instructions like, you know, even if I was tired, he'd be like, yo, Brian, do you have another give me something else? You know, do you have another do you have something in you that you can just, you know, put out, you know, as far as like, you know, how many takes it takes, you know, um, and pushing you to greatness, you know, so shout out to him. Macklin has definitely been, you know, my ride or die, you know what I'm saying? As far as like somebody that helps me tackle things, we work together. Um, we also joke 
our, our our inside joke, and you know, people always say Batman and Robin, but we always say Batman and Batman. <laughs> so that's what we always that's that's like our own little inside joke that we say to each other. He's like, "Yo, Batman and Batman, we getting it done." Well, he didn't mention that, but I'm going to talk to him next time I see him. Well, I'm glad yeah. he's getting mentioned again, a because he was our first guest, and I w- I was taken aback when I when you earlier when you said episode 22, I was like, really. I say it's like every podcast. Yeah. I'm like, really? That we've done this many of them, but uh, my my daughter and I, well, my entire family listens to Pomegranate quite a bit. Yeah, at the house. yeah. It gets thrown around with uh, like Fleetwood Mac and the Beatles. Oh wow! I'm not much yeah. on the Beatles. I'm trying. Whoa! I'm, I'm trying. I'm making effort. Yeah, just not my favorite. Have 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 you tried? Have you tried? Tried? Have you tried, um, let's see, I have a lot of favorite Beatles songs. I actually, I grew up in a house full of mm. different musical influences. Um, I have to say Revolver is one of my favorite albums. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I've uh, been listening to one lately and I have enjoyed it more. I don't dislike them. No. They're not my go-to. And uh, we have this record player, like um, my, my lady just likes record players. I think old record players and they're not very loud because they're old. So we put it on the background and I'm, I, I like revolution. That's probably my favorite song just because yeah. that nasty, silly guitar tone. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I'm trying hard to, uh, to dig them more. I play in a band and there's, they've raged up in the band. There's a lot of Beatles talking. I'm like, I just don't, I don't fully yeah, get it. Stop. I don't fully, you know how things yeah, ebb and flow. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike them. Anyway, yeah, yeah. back, back to the, back to you. <laughs> so, so Har- Harvest, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your the history um, with this area. Did you grow up here? What, yeah, yeah. I was I was born and raised here in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, my whole family's here. Everybody's here. You know, um, um, parents divorced when I was like five. Um, but like I, I had great musical influences growing up. Whether it been my grandmother, she was. My grandmother and grandfather, they were introducing me to music like crazy when I was a kid. And um, same with my aunt, who actually used to let me stay up late and watch Yo! MTV raps. And, um, (laughs) you know, introduced me to like a lot of 80s music. Like I I listened to like Duran Duran and the Beastie Boys when they first came out. Run DMC. Love me some Beastie Boys. I I grew up on all kinds of just sounds. It was crazy. It was like even Stevie Ray Vaughan when I was a kid. Yeah. My my grandmother was like, try it on. You know, they just was constantly feeding me music. So it, it helped with my development in journal writing. I grew up just journal writing and, you know, writing about my experiences. So, yeah, I've been here my whole life. Journal writing? Yeah. That's something I try to get my kids to do. Uh, when I say my kids, my students at, at school that I work with, I, I just I find that it's not only therapeutic, it it really does help their oh yeah their expression and, and creativity levels. Oh. Yeah, things move really fast. And so it's important to document things down and how you felt and to like really, um, I, I'm a big believer. I love words. So I love bending words. I love making my own stories. I, that was all I was, you know, I, and I was reading comic books. I was an, I was a nerdy kid. Mm. And so I took all those elements and it helped, you know, the things that I was doing internally and, you know, writing was slowly but surely becoming my breakthrough and the things that I enjoy doing out loud. 
Yeah, oh, definitely. Can I share something with you guys? Please. That sure. I, I learned last night. Uh, I've never been a fan of writing or journaling. I love precision and lo- precision of language and accuracy of words because if mm. you really know vocabulary, you can say a lot with minimal sounds. You know what I'm saying? You can put sentences together. You can really articulate what's going on. But lately, especially with the pandemic, I started doing a little more reading and writing. <clears throat> Don't know why. 45 years old. I'm going to read a book, a full one. Um, <laughs> but last night, something came through my Facebook feed and it's suiting to this. Um, the, the idea of writing, journaling, anything helps you realize where you're weak in expression. Mm-hmm. So even if you want to write something yourself, say something happened and here, write this, write about this. You can write down your feelings on something. And when you get to a place where you can't fully express it with a pen, how mm-hmm. are you going to be able to express it otherwise? I'm not saying it's impossible. No, I'm externally. It, it exposes yeah. a weak, uh, a potential weakness of expression. And yeah. it, I saw this on Tim Ferriss thing that came through my feed last night. And I was like, that's why it works. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I always knew it worked. I just didn't know why. Yeah. It, it's, it's important to be relatable and it's important sometimes to expose vulnerability. A lot of, mm. a lot of people are afraid of that truth. You know, I always call it like the time that I take to write, even like when I'm writing my rhymes, I'll call it mining gems. Cause like you have to go in the dark sometimes to dig for those gems mm. <laughs> and um sometimes like you know even with my last album that i made you know you know <laughs> my nephew he listened to it for the first time and my nephew he handles a lot of my affairs for me um shout out to my, my nephew mike um but he was like when i first finished it he was like yo and i'm not gonna curse i don't know if you can but you know he's like, I, he let, I let him slip from yeah. time uh, to time oh he more than like, anybody this else. shit is really dark bro <laughs> like, <laughs> and but you know from it it was like this uh this this level of from the low to the high and you know it was like you know i don't want to you know everybody i think a lot of people did that during the pandemic they were just like i'm going to lock myself in and i'm gonna make i'm gonna create new music and yeah that's what i did so yeah well, technology made it more available to do so with your iPad or your iPhone, and, and yeah. we made social media uh, more of a thing. I yeah, think. yeah. You yeah. get it done, and you can share it yeah. much easier. Yeah, gift and a curse. That's what that is. Uh, absolutely. So your your group around town is, is Harvest Black? Yeah, well, I'm Harvest Black, um, but um, we had Squad Soul, which um, was a project. Um, I have what's called a revolving door of different instrument uh, instrumentation. Know, yeah. Revolving door of um, artists that come help and they play my music and uh, perform with me. And so it's just like um, a, a, a group of just different guys that have been coming in for the past uh, year and a half and just been playing with me and um, doing like a lot, making like different arrangements for some of the, the, the music that I've already made. Oh, um, I love that live sound. Like, but you know, there's nothing like you know, two turntables and a microphone is what I was born into. I love that. You know, I'm hip hop to the heart. You know what I'm saying? But um, I love the live sound. I love being um, able to create it. There. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I love collaboration. So when different musicians set in, it's like you know they're hearing this, and you know um, they're saying, "Hey, this would be cool." And so different guitar riffs and, you know, different drums and different sounds, you know what I'm saying? It, it actually feels more of what I'm looking for for myself. So 
I want to say shout out to everybody that you know continues to keep that going. Well, forgive me. I I've always just seen your name on on Facebook and social media at or in the groups that you've done with Harvest Black. Yeah. So uh, that's why I, yeah I, I asked if it was the actual name of the group. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. That's the name of the group, man. It's just me. But like with I, with the other yeah, corresponding yeah, artists yeah. that perform with you, mm-hmm. and I I will be honest now that you've said that, and I'm thinking about it, like I've never seen like there's always been somebody different playing mm-hmm. with you, yeah. which is r- really cool. And and this it is the sole reason why Jeremy and I are doing this podcast is we want to know about those people, and we want to we want to play with those people, and we want to talk with them yeah. about their experiences and what they've done in this town as well. Yeah, so, oh for sure, yeah. Um, it, it, it's a very tight knit group of people that I've been working with lately that, um, you know, they understand what I'm about and they understand my creative process. And I even have, you know, my dad has played, you know, bass in, 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 uh, with us as well. You know, I look at it, some people look at it like this thing where you have completely cut people off and this other stuff, you know, but I look at it like a sports team. Like, you know, some people are on the bench, some people come off the bench, you know what I'm saying, and whatever causes. If somebody can't make this gig, then this person will step in. And it's a thing of, like, you know, getting to a place where you're you're finding sound together instead of these things of ego. I don't operate on ego. I learn from ego um, and the crash of ego and um, getting to a place of just evolving with purpose and people who want to genuinely enjoy making music and you know if there's an inkling of ego then i'll be like no i can't work with them i can't do this you know what i'm saying yeah and you know sometimes it's very unfortunate you know but the thing is it's about you know the music that i make i want it to be a thing where it's a reflection of my my seasons of change and and people not just in music but i think in any type of facet of whatever you're doing um they should really be riding with you Mm. and rooting for you. And you should be rooting for them, you know, to, to basically be their best selves and, you know, bring that out of each other. Mm. Um, But sometimes it's this thing where, you know, you, you really have to find out what's real and, and, and make, and be patient and make time for what that development means. Little trial by fire. Yep, yep, and that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. You're absolutely right. I I'm I I want to say so much to to the words that he just said. Just say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, that really that really speaks to me because yeah. um you know, with my experience with what I just went through with my my former group of House of Schmidt, you know, there was some there was some definite uh minor drama and fallout mm-hmm. and you know you when you sit back and you've had time to think about those things and how how those relationships are and where they are now you know there's not regret but it's also like maybe things could have been handled differently especially on my behalf as well yeah uh and you know where you don't want to ever burn that bridge with people and i i really really glad you spoke to that because it is easy to burn bridges yeah it is easy to to push people aside but i like the idea of uh the metaphor of a football team where i like that a lot yeah i really do where um it's okay to have a a third and fourth string come in and, Mm -hmm. and they're they're just as good as the first and i think that's what makes me think 
what I'm what I really want to talk about is like this idea that there's always somebody better than everybody else. And yeah, there are really talented people oh, yeah. and they're really, I mean, really great musicians out there. But when there's no ego, like you're talking about, we can really collaborate on a very different level than 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 others, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. So. yeah. Um there's um like the bass player that is uh in now his his name's Mike and he played with Appalachian Soul. And um he came in and he's playing bass with 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 us now, you know. But it's a revolving door of just talent that wants to be supportive of one another, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's a like I tell like I tell my friends all the time, like, you know, um I told uh, uh Deontay Hall, like you said, you know, you mentioned him earlier before yeah. we got on air. I told him straight up, I was like, dude. If it ever came down to it, I want him to whoop my ass. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Does, yeah. does it make sense? It's yeah. just like, you know no. what I'm saying? Um, I want people to win. I yeah. want the artists here to win. I want people to, you know, elevate and find out what they are and create um, and find out what they're about. Well, you said it perfectly earlier, in my opinion. You support them and they support you. Indeed. You love them. They love you. Indeed. And it's a parallel. It's a, I mean, st- the streets two way. It's reciprocal. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Even if they're not involved in the same project, Mm-mm. if we all yeah. wanted all of us to succeed, we would all celebrate whoever succeeds. Yeah. And then we there's there will be um uh things things will come from that. Mm-hmm. If anybody from the area succeeds, other things will will happen. Like we have a very thriving community as it is, mm-hmm. and and this I understand the competition pie. If you want to put a band together and you guys want to put a click together and you guys want to practice and go, man, go get it. Nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. But when you have people, multiple people, what you're doing is just covering your butt. You know, you're like, you know what, so and so can't make it tonight. I got somebody else coming in, and you're like, ah, oh, we're not what we used to be. Nope. That's the wrong attitude. Because, yes, that's correct, but you don't know what's about to come out. And if your attitude is a little different, tonight might be fun. It might be more fun than you expect. And and I see a lot of artists doing that these days, backup plans. And I've even put together a couple projects where I'm like, let's the three of us be the core, and let's have a new guy come in every day. It's, It's not necessarily about standing out as it is about coming together. Yeah, your product going to shine regardless if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. And Cheers so, to that. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. It's, a, yeah. It's, a, it's a thing where you have to evolve a purpose and, and know what your purpose is. And yeah. so for me, it's like, you know, I see that a lot clearly, you know, and the thing is, it's like at the end of the day, like, I'm good with just being Brian, you know, mm. like I'm good, like just hanging out with my family, but I enjoy creating. And so the audience that has supported me, they know what I'm about, you know, and, you know, for myself is like I put it I, I, I put it I keep it plain mm, you know yeah. I, and I enjoy what I'm doing and so when I'm not enjoying it I walk I, I'm just like yo gotta go yeah and the thing is you can't you know you can't keep staring at things like you know you, you looking sometimes and you're being mirrored by your past you can look at that and stuff like that but you have to still evolve in your growth you know, sometimes it's cool to look at accolades and stuff like that. I don't stare too much at that anymore. I used to when I was a lot younger. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But you get to this age, it's like, I really don't care. Like, I just want to have fun doing what I'm doing. Yeah. If people ride with it, they ride with it. If they don't, they don't. They don't. Then- <laughs> yeah, I think that's um, that statement gets said if you on the podcast. And I, we all deal with that. I think 
you need to really listen to those those words. Like, do what makes you happy. Yeah. And it's not that you expect a lot from it, because if people, like you said, people ride with it, they ride with it, and if they don't, yeah. they don't. Period. Yeah, and the thing is, <laughs> period. Like, you could say the sentence over again, yeah. and you'd be happy when you say, "If you're doing what makes you happy." Ellipsis. Dot. Yep. Dot. Dot. And it's Doesn't like, don't matter. overwhelm yourself because. Yep. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. But <laughs> if you, but if you're vegan and don't like elephants. And I guess a whole stack of whatever vegan that you like to eat one bite at a time. I'm thinking about the elephant substitute. What would that be? <laughs> um, 24 buffalo. They can't know. eat buffalo. <laughs> well, that's true. All oh, vegan sub- substitute. To- tofu. Like uh, like a tower of tofu. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us about how easy or difficult it has been for you um, to perform hip hop in this area. Um, I've been waiting for this. It's been it's been interesting because like you have times where people just look at the surface of you like you know for me it's like it's obvious I'm black um and they they don't look at the inner workings of what it is to be me as me in the music that I make you know and then there's this deception of this bastardized version of hip hop that you know gets a bad rap pun intended um hip hop is a culture that's deeply rooted in truth. Rap has always been the lie and the braggadocious nature. And sometimes the politics of like um, supporting drug and addiction culture um, and supporting misogyny that pretty much is that, that hip hop is not. Hip hop is storytelling. It's music is about awareness. It's a culture. It's uh, it's basically about, you know, self, dance expression. It's about body like you know body movement it's about graffiti art it's about art and and it's definitely about turntablism djing and then also telling your story with the microphone and so the thing that people have to understand is like when they see me i'm going to be me regardless of who likes it or not sometimes it could be it can it can be inconvenient for somebody but, you know, sometimes in that inconvenience, it's like, you know, you, you learn more about, you know, the discomfort and, 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 and that. And it's okay, you know. Um, but, you know, I've had experiences. I'm not going to name some of the places around town. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I've had experiences. Somebody will take a look at me. And at the beginning, I was like, well, what are you going to play? We don't want no trauma. We don't want no drama over here. And I understand that. But then I get to going and people see, like, you know, I, I make a blend of music that, you know, is, is 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 a little bit of me and a little bit of them. And I keep it I keep it fresh and I have a good time with what I'm doing. Um, but it's this thing where sometimes is in and, and what I do isn't for everybody. You know, and you know, rap music isn't for everybody, but you know, sometimes you don't know what you want until somebody Gives it to you. Sure. So, you know, it's been somewhat difficult, but, you know, now it's like having some of my friends that I grew up with in positive places now that I kind of came up with. Um, like, you know, Jamie, Jamie gave me my first, Jamie Booker Cheatwood. She was the first person that gave me my first solo show. And that was uh, years ago before it was the bizarre I believe it was called Plan 9. 
but it was years ago. Was that was off that of here Br- in town? Was yeah, it was here. Off of Bramilton? No, it was uh, actually in Grandin Village where Grace's is now. Because Grace's is a pizza place oh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. before that was a record shop. Plain and mind. that gave me my first show. And then, like, you know, she hit me up and he's like, I could play at the bazaar, you know, or like, you know, there's just so many people locally that were instrumental in helping me out, you know. Uh, before Po Mac was in charge of um, Flat Five, he was letting me come and record in his house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah. So it's just different people who now are great power players and still very humble about what they do that I came up with and we all kind of came up together on um, whether it be something where it was something real close or far apart, we can call each other and say, Hey, this is this, you know, but there are so many different venues at first that were saying no until they got to know me. And so it's important that, you know, you, you, you let the people around here you know, and sometimes it's really hard because, like, you want yeah. people here. But, you know, I, I, I don't do Wagon Wheel. <laughs> I don't do country music. Yeah. I love country music. Uh, you know, I, I also i am in a folk a hip-hop band. A lot of people don't know. It's called The Mothman. And so, you know, it's, it's just different variations of, like, hip-hop. And it's just me being me, you know, and collaboration is important. Um, and awareness is important. You know, some people just don't know. Yeah. But and sometimes, of course, I met sometimes somebody looks at me and they think they already have me figured out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, Mo- most most people let's like let, let, um, extract the music uh, part of it, the artistic part of it. Mm-hmm. People just do that. Oh know? yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. they? Don't yeah, they? People yeah. just be like, I think I got you figured out. Yeah, boxes are easier. You know what I'm saying? But the oh, thing is, boxes are easier. Can I steal very, that? Yeah, yeah. Are course. you sure? Because yeah, yeah. I'll steal it. <laughs> yeah. They heard you say it right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah um, but yeah, boxes are easier for some people. And then um, it's very unfortunate. Um, and a lot of people don't know, but Roanoke is still, there's a study that was shown that Roanoke is still, unfortunately, top 10 most segregated cities in the country. Mm. And, you know, we just need to do more to, like, just create awareness for positive things and and try to figure out ways to relate to each other so we can say oh this is here too oh this is great you know representation is important Mm. well we we've barely touched the surface on this subject in all honesty and and it's it is one that's very important to me um we we started to to touch it a little bit with macklin uh the 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 awareness is such a good well the idea of the word awareness is, mm-hmm. is beautiful in my opinion and i love that i mean i you're the genre of music that you're choosing to play mm-hmm. is is segregated in this town in a sense and i i say that if i start fires i start fires yeah. and it, and it and i i hope to god that it's not because of the color of your skin and yeah. um i i don't want it to be uh, I but know. i but i I don't know if that is as much of the issue as it used to be. It may be. It may be. I, I think um, when, you, when you're speaking musically, a lot of folks still don't consider turntablism and hip hop music. C- certain folks. Well, much like I didn't, lo- I hated bluegrass till I left here. Yeah. And I realized there were so many phenomenal players because bluegrass, if you grew up playing bluegrass, mm-hmm. you're going to learn that instrument. 
yeah. The bluegrass guys can make a shift to classical like I've never seen. Uh, and I, it's not, I don't, I'm not, I don't like, I do like bluegrass now. I can appreciate it. But growing up in it, I was like, I don't want to play anymore bluegrass. I don't want to hear anymore. But uh, I grew up, <clears throat> the reason I play drums is because of hip hop. <coughs> End of story. It is okay. not because anything else. Uh, it is because I was listening to the Fat Boys. <laughs> I was seven years old. I was break dancing. Fat Boys. Dude, Fat Boys. <laughs> I was break dancing at the Vinton Bowling Alley. Wow. And I was the runt. I was seven. I learned I was dancing. So that that is my initiation to rhythm. Yeah. And then as I grew through many styles of music, I got into progressive rock and I got into all yeah. that. I never, I always liked rock and roll and I always liked hip hop. The better I got at music, I realized I needed to look at jazz, look at bluegrass, look at yeah. blues. Um, <clears throat> as I did that, I worked with tons of musicians that just didn't really see the musical value of hip hop. And I'm trying to be very precise here. Um, it's not that it's not that anyone had issues with it. They didn't understand the musical value because there seemed to be a lack of chordal um, knowledge. And, and, and that wasn't the case because they were just borrowing things and doing mm -hmm. new stuff with it. And I think that still exists a little bit. I think yeah. we're just happy with the way things have always been, too. And I think yeah. there's yeah. there's a um, it's almost a behavioral consistency that we're just we don't want to change, and we don't we we don't like to to listen to things that are new and uh, yeah. ideas that that are new. And yeah. I I love that you and Macklin and Dylan and Deontay and and all these other wonderful hip hop artists oh, yeah. out there here in this town are doing those things because it, it it's it's really neat and it's it's your story too and i yeah, and I, yeah. I just and, and i'm leading into this next question like i feel like spot on kirk has been the place oh, yeah. for yeah um for that expression and i'm i'm saying this uh <laughs> purposely too that uh this is uh, that is where we're going to have our final episode. Uh, we're going to do our live show there. Uh, spot did you on just Kirk. switch this to a plug? I did switch it to a plug. <laughs> get but the plug in there. Get, plug it in. Plug it. Hey, but I, but I'm, there's, I'm playing there this Saturday. So, so, <laughs> so it's, a, it's a plug, but it's also yeah. it's also um, to let our, our listeners know that there there is a place where you can be creatively open. Yeah. In yeah. this valley. Yeah, um, spot on, spot on, Kurt. Um, they're definitely they've been really instrumental in in my career and helping me in a lot of places. Um, uh, Bruce, um, Christopher, actually, Christopher grew up on the same street as me growing up, and now he he he's booking manager there. Mm. And so it's such a crazy relationship. And Chris is also an amazing musician. Um, so it's like you grow up with all these people and you see them in these leadership roles and it's like kudos, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's nothing to get on the phone. I'm playing actually twice there this month. One is, um, opening up for, uh, Africa and unplugged on Saturday. Yo, finish because we got to talk about that. Yeah. And so I'm excited about that. And then also, um, soul sessions will be doing is actually hip hop history month. So um, with Hip Hop History Month, Soul Sessions is doing a salute and we're doing a performance show where you're going to see like up and coming hip hop artists and some seasoned veterans, you know, kind of uniting on that stage and spoken word uh, poetry as well. So, yeah, you have us playing on the 19th there and then I'm playing Saturday with my band opening up for um, Africa and Plug. But um, what? wait a minute, that, you're opening for them? Yeah, yeah, I am the opener. That's Saturday? I think I'm working. Yeah, this Saturday. Yep. 
Um, <laughs> shows the so there's this group this called old. Africa Unplugged. Yeah, go ahead. I'm doing it now. Do it. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> I didn't hear of them until I don't know what happened, but it's it's kind of R and B ish when you say like like a almost like I want to say 90s early 2000s R and B. Yeah. Um, but they don't have a drum kit player. They actually have something very similar to a, a micro African ensemble, and the singer is lead drummer. He plays djembe, and then they have the dunun, and they have the, so that's the drums, and. That shit is hot. <laughs> That's all there is to it. So I, so I was looking it up the other night. Um, I teach Travis. Can I say I teach you drum lessons? You, t- you do. Um, well, we've mentioned it before on the podcast. He, he, comes, he comes from the, the the marching band realm where I, I taught him 20 some years ago. And I, was, I toured this other show and I learned a lot about Brazilian percussion, African percussion. And I study a lot. And uh, it's, I oftentimes find myself sharing the depth of that music. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, just like we were talking earlier about hip hop, a lot of people yeah. think, especially around here, like, well, he got a conga drum. He, that you don't really you can't do much with a conga drum. Why don't you play the real drum set? Yeah. Not realizing that a drum kit is only about a hundred years old, and a conga drum has mm-hmm. some rich, rich history. rich history. And if you follow it back, you're going to follow it back most likely to Africa. Yep. And each drum has a different journey. Anyway, they play very, very differently than we would approach something with the westernized marching style. And I've been introducing him to that wow. uh, in our lessons. And these kids are, sorry, if, you, if, you, if they happen to hear this, I don't mean it's your kid, it's just an expression. They're killing it. <laughs> I think I'm playing, though, and I can't come see you guys. Oh, uh, it's all right, man. Yep, yep. I'm just, I'm excited to just hang out and to, you know, just be in the room, to be honest. Like, you know, there's been bands that, like, you know, I've, uh, play for here locally and then i just like the just honestly be in the room it's just been fun for me like the last mm. gig i did a couple months back is this amazing band um locally um fat anchovies they're they're about to be a problem like, they're, about, <laughs> they're about to be a whole problem like seriously really? like, like yeah um this, this the lead singer sounds almost like Janis Joplin. Like they're from here. Yeah, yeah, they're they're right here. They're local. Fat anchovies. Yeah, P H A T. Yeah, P H A T anchovies. Like legit. Shout out to them, yo. Like for yeah, real. Come on the show, yo. They are who legit. are you about to pop out? Like legit. They have who a, are they, you? They have an EP out right now. I, I urge you to check their EP okay. out. It's streaming. So um, I'll give them a plug because like legit, they are one of my favorites. In the area, I have a very diverse. I have a very eclectic taste for music, okay. and so I listen to everything. And that that's something that I I, I, I love. I love music, so I, I definitely wouldn't mind telling you about them. And Excellent. Yeah. I'll check them out. Yep. What's the next question, Travis? I'm going to see if I'm working next Saturday. <laughs> so um, I follow you on social, me- social media. And social, I, social, 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 social. I follow you on social media. Social media. I follow you on social media. So let me rephrase. I follow you on I'm social sorry. media. And yeah. I love that you say what's on your mind. Uh, I mean, you're obviously extremely open just, just yeah. within this conversation tonight. Uh, and one of your most recent posts said, uh, and I quote, please, please have lyrics on deck at your shows. I will not be paying to hear you half rap over your full album tracks. I can listen to your music on Spotify in my car for all of that. Yeah, Let's grow and do better. So, yeah. end quote. <laughs> <laughs> end quote. 
Yeah. Uh, so what are your expectations uh, for yourself as well as others on stage? Um, uh, like for me, like I'm, I'm, I'm from the era and it sounds old school. I hope it doesn't sound dated, but this is any genre of music we're talking about too. If I'm paying money, if I am paying you money, <laughs> like hard or earned ass money out my pocket, like legit, I'm not, I don't want to come see you halfway do a lyric in crowd participation or like you playing your album cut and you're just saying every other word or just like rapping over that thing. I mean, ad libs is cool. Like if there's an ad lib part or there's a hook part, that's cool. But the thing is, I want to feel it. I want to feel it for everything it is. And this is like me. I'm a fan of music and it don't have to necessarily be exactly like um, the uh, the the track. You know what I mean? It don't have to sound like that, but you know, sometimes you see great artists, they take different variations of what they do live versus what they're doing on the record. Sure. It's about creativity. And so there's been times that I've gone out to local shows. Um, and sometimes it's like for me, I'm a I'm a I'm a avid hip hop. I'm a I'm a, I love hip hop. And um shout out to Poe Mac because every time I go to a a Poe Mac show it's always quality. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get l- lyricists. You get the sound right. And you get the lyricists. They're actually rapping their lyrics. But sometimes you go to some shows and it's like, you know, you're rapping every other word or the artist is just kind of like standing there, not motivated and doing every, you know, every other word. You know what I'm saying? I was taught and this is my grandma's talking. She said, use your words. You know what I'm saying? Especially if people are like, they're coming out to see you and you're fortunate enough, if you're doing the work, you know, as far as you're doing your flower work, you're connecting to your audience. If I'm coming out to see you on a Saturday night, you know, and I'm coming to peep you out, I'm not trying to see what I can already, like, I'm not trying to see you do what I can already just listen to in the car for free. Yeah. If I'm paying you $15, $20, you know, something like that, I'm trying to support you and then I'm buying your merch. Yo, Come, come with it, bro. Like you know what I'm saying, and he's like, you know, I've, had, you know, I'm not gonna sit here like I've, I've had bad nights. Yeah, I know it's like to, to, to learn. You know what I'm saying, but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to come out and somebody's like, you know, they wait and there's like every other word and it's like, I know this verse, so I'm gonna spit it. I know this verse, I'm gonna spit it, and then like the other verses is just like playing on the track. You know, sure, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll it be. Sucks. I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent. So yeah. I, I took that. I, I've had that on my list because you've been booked for a while to be uh-huh. on the show, and I saw that on social media, and I actually thought that you were you were talking about somebody uh, uh, that was staring at their iPad and singing, which which and I and I we've heard that side of the story too on this podcast yeah. is like. We, we understand that people are doing 40, 30, 40 songs in a, in a set. Mm-hmm. And I personally have been told, okay, learn your lyrics. Yeah. I, I get it. I get, I get it. I'm, I've been there. I still use an iPad at times. Mm. So go ahead. You can, so. for, the, for our singer-songwriter folks out here who happen to know 400 songs, yeah, they can use their iPad. 
Yeah, no, and I mean it's a different. I, it's a different thing, but they're entertaining people at the brewery on Thursday. It's a whole and argument. Somebody, somebody goes, "Yo, do you know Sweet Caroline?" And, and as easy as it might be, if the hard drive is full, they might mm-hmm. need to pull it up to to honor the request. Outside of that, in this scenario, I'm full agreement. I, I no, I and I I do too. And and, so, and, and, and to 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 that credit, um, there are songs that like even when I'm playing out with the band. Um, I do have like the music stand in front of me. There are certain songs I don't know, but for the most part, the songs that I want to do are going to be a reflection of me as far as covers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I love Jamiroquai, so I'll, I'll cover Jamiroquai. Uh, I, I will I will cover uh, some Sam Cooke and like these are songs that are close to my heart. Sledgehammer. Um, oh, um, I did you that know, one. I love that one. Peter Gabriel. You know, there's just certain ones that are close to my heart that I will cover sometimes and just have fun with and make my own. But like if I'm doing a straight rap show or if like you know I'm doing a solid thing of my stuff, you know what I'm saying this is your heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. need to come prepared, yeah. and 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 I need to feel the full force of your emotions of what you're doing. And this is me as a student and as a teacher saying this because the thing is, like I I, I don't like going out of my way paying money, and and not being satisfied with what I'm paying money for. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like you know what I'm saying, and 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 we can't do that. Yeah, we can't do that, especially it's like you know, especially here. Where it's already hard enough, we can't just be doing whatever, you know. What I'm saying, and that's just the way I feel about it. Yeah. No, I. Yeah. I I I appreciate you sharing that. I I think it's interesting that I had a completely when I read that, it spoke to me. It was like you were telling me, Travis, get off your iPad and learn your lyrics. Where <laughs> you know, and, and and I didn't take that. Obviously, you weren't talking to me, but like, nah, nah, but you yeah. know what I mean. So like, it's interesting. And it's going to lead into my next question. It's interesting how social media and how how words can be misconstrued. Mm-hmm. I totally misconstrued the, in a sense, what you were actually trying to say. Yeah. Um, but t- talk to us about the impact of social media and how that plays um, a role as a musician and performer of the arts. Internet, you know what I'm saying? It's a gift and a curse, you know what I'm saying? Because perception is something, especially as I get older, like, the, the older I get, the the less I care mm-hmm. what people think. Um, and I'm very vocal anyway about my feelings. So if I have a platform to say all I want to say, you know what I'm saying, I get it from my mama. <laughs> my mom, she's very, yeah, like, I get it from my mom. She's very opinionated. And so I get that, I think, from her. Um, but, like, for me here lately, you know what I'm saying, it has been very helpful, you know what I'm saying? But some people, like, I, mean, I had, what was it, a few weeks ago, somebody was like, I just want you to know, um, I, like, I deleted you. I like that voice. <laughs> I deleted you from Facebook. And I'm like, okay. I still get paid every Friday. So <laughs> it don't matter really what you say yeah. to me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the thing that people have to get away from, um, is the fact that in anything, any form of anything, um, political correctness waters down conversation. Mm. And so it's important to get to a place of genuine connection and, and instead of looking for these things. I call it soft culture all the time. Is the people who are so soft. And I was like, you know, and, and it's like we get so butthurt over things when we should be able to like genuinely have conversations about them. And um, yeah, it's probably the crown royal talking. 
Um, Maybe. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, stuff to say too. No, but um, <laughs> it's important that you know. what I'm saying I, I enjoy the fact that um, social media has helped because, like, you know. But for me, I've always been a grinder. You know, what I'm saying so. It's like you know, me. It's always been about going to make copies. I used to make copies at work. Mm. Of flyers and telling people, hey, I got a show and this is it. You know what I'm saying? It's important to get hand to hand and 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 have a genuine rapport with the audience and say, hey, this is what I do. You know what I'm saying? If this is your career, this is what you're about. You need to be saying, hey, this is what I do. Yeah, this yeah. is what I'm about. You, you know, and 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 you know, you can't be so offended if somebody doesn't come to this show or that show. You know what I'm saying? People have things, and sometimes it's hard for people to come out the house. Yeah, I mean, for random sure. things yeah. can just happen. Daughter gets sick or, yeah. you know, what? What? it doesn't matter, whatever it is. It's just you stuff, know, life yeah. happens. If somebody yeah, goes happens. out of their way to tell you they're disinterested or didn't like it or yeah. whatever, they went out of their way. Yeah, and I respect that more than somebody, <laughs> like, trying to clown on the internet. Like, you know what I'm saying? You ever yeah. seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Uh, it's been oh, a long man. time. It was like man. the very yeah. end, it was like they go house to house. And they got a list. <laughs> it's like you said this, this you know. What I'm saying so. It's like you know. You feel that way too sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to put out. Yeah. But it's important to know that like sometimes it's just really important. The internet has been helpful. To, I'm not going to act like it hadn't. The internet has been very helpful for my career. But to go beyond the flash of those things and get into a human experience is very important. Mm. It's very important to talk to people is and and, and and you learn from other people as well. You know what I'm saying? It makes you accountable. It makes you aware, you know, and you're building bridges. So those things are important. Would you say you're building that community um at your shows? Yeah, yeah, I definitely. I mean, um whether it be soul sessions or whether it's just um me doing a music show or something like that, it's this thing where I'm being vulnerable with my lyrics. You know, I'm 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 giving I'm tearing back layers of myself and giving people my story. Yeah. And you know, through music, whether um or poetry or whether I'm doing writing, it's important to have those experiences and give people the truth, you know what I'm saying? Cause that, you know what I'm saying, the money will come, you know what I'm saying? People are so like, oh, I gotta do this. I got to talk about this, you know, but there's so many records already talking about how much somebody, how much money somebody made, but nobody really talks about what they owe. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's just like, it's just, I mean, that's real, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's so many times, like, you know, it's like I was told a long time ago, and this is stuff that I, I have no idea about. Like, you know, I'm not a killer. You know what I'm saying? People who have killed, they don't, they aren't glamorizing it. I'm not a drug dealer. I'm, I'm a guy. You know what I'm saying? I live, a, I try to, you know, live a life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I talk about my, my struggles. And it was this group, you know, you know, this guy told me a long time ago, oh, you got to be this. You know what I'm saying? You got to. You, you know, you got to talk about fast cars, money, and this, this, and that. You know what I'm saying? And it's not who I am. Yeah. And yeah. so it was this group that I grew up with in the early 2000s that killed it. And they're down the road, North Carolina. One of the rappers is actually from Virginia. They're called Little Brother. Um, Little Brother was this amazing group. And, like, I got to look them up when I was in, um, I was working at Kroger Tanglewood. 
I used to work at Kroger Tanglewood, so I would walk next door to Barnes and Noble, and I would read like Pace magazine, or I'll pull up like you know a Source magazine or something like, and just read about these groups. And so like I read about them, and while I was at Barnes and Noble, you know, my grandma used to pick me up. You know, I was a full ass grown grown adult, but my grandma would pick me up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I wish, people, forward, I wish people would say full ass adult. Instead yeah, of I was a full up. yo. I was in, I was I, I was in my early twenties. And I didn't have a car. My grandma was picking me up from work. You know what I'm saying? And um, I had roommates and stuff that I was living with over uh, at the, an apartment complex down there. But my grandma was picking me up from work. But what I would do on my breaks is, like, I would absorb, like, a sponge. I would get some magazines with my little check. And then I would get, <laughs> like, a like a CD or something like that. And then i get my grandma gas money. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Man. And so, you know, that was the thing. And so, um, shout out to my granny. Shout out Jenny. She used to help me out. Um, but um, <laughs> well, I think shout out yeah. to you for telling the story, yeah, yeah, though. Because you're yeah. trying to, like, you're, you're, you're taking apart. Some um, yeah. some some ideas that people think you need to be, and you're and you're yeah. like, no, 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 I no. had a job. No, I went and got my magazine. I read. I gave my money to grandma, yeah. which is far more commendable than yeah. half the bullshit. We but hear. yeah, yep. it was the thing where I was reading about little brother, and I, I was like, if they can do it, and they're from they were from Raleigh, North Carolina. One was from Virginia, but if they could do it, I was like, I can do this. Yeah, and I was reading about them, you know, and then I listened to their album. It was called The Minstrel Show. Which was just the flip of like these the, the 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 negative things that the culture was seeing of like you know this thing of the facade of who we who we are supposed to be you know what I'm saying without emotion you know what I'm saying but we're talking about these real life things and so I heard this album I was like yes to me that was like my that was like the, for me that was like the first time I like I like I heard the Beatles for the first time. Or something like that. You know, it was like a great groundbreaking album. And so from the storytelling on that and just listening to that, I ate up every album that they put out and became like a fan. I feel like that's music's job. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So talk to us more about Soul Sessions. What? Um, Plug it. Give it. Give us the give it all. Every Wednesday night, um, Soul Sessions is like a, is a, is a dope atmosphere. Um, you have uh, different artists come. It was like whether it be twelve, whether it be sixteen artists. They some people come in. They do music. You know, they do original content. That's the rules. The rules are five minutes is what you get. We love you, but it's not your world tour. Sure. Um, you do uh, poetry. Um, we've had. Um, We've had everybody from like um, different national touring artists to local artists come through, and we partner with. Um, we had like an we had a writer from a television show called Snowfall come in one time. Um, we've had um, these this group they they called the the Gaza Poetry, um, John Sands, um, Nikki Giovanni. We just got finished partnering with uh, a few months ago, um, so it was just. It's this thing where Wednesday nights people gather and they tell their stories through poetry or music, um, whether it be a situation like somebody coming out of the closet, you know, and they're telling what they going through, not having parents, not really accepting them for who they are. So you have people from the audience they're just like hugging them and treating them like family. Or like we had a situation where um, a girl was talking about 
losing a friend that day at Virginia Tech. Like, you know, dropping that friend off to college in the morning and by the afternoon not having that friend there anymore. So it's, it's just a revolving door of talent, talented, gifted, beautiful people that are sharing of their time and they're building community with one another through spoken word poetry or prose or all kinds of different poetry. And, you know, it's it's been at first I didn't think I was going to be doing it this long. You know, well, we're almost a decade in. Um, 12 years that's awesome yeah um so it was just uh it was an amazing thing where um we started at uh, 16 west um a woman shout out to journey clark she saw the work that i was doing in the area and she doesn't she no longer lives here i think she moved to she moved away but like um, she was running this uh little pizza it was like this brick oven pizza joint that was inside there and that pizza was amazing <laughs> Um, but you know, and I used to get the free pizza and that was like, that was it. But like, she saw some of the work I was doing in the community. I was doing some stuff for Roanoke County, um, before soul sessions, um, which was working with like a lot of, uh, it was called project awesome, which it was helping younger, uh, kids that were in bands have like a place to play, um, in Roanoke County. Um, it was, uh, their Roanoke County, it was like their youth center, or activity center they have. So Friday nights, it'd be like a place that they can go. They could play music and they could like posture acts. And so they saw me doing that and I was doing tuned out at the time. And, you know, Journey was like, hey, um, we really want to see spoken word brought to the area. Would you be interested, you know? And so I hosted it thinking it was just going to last a year, but kind of was like five people became 10, 10, 50 and you know our anniversary show we had like standing room only at a thousand people or something inside of 16 west and we've had different variations or different people have kind of branched off and did their own things and which is cool um but i was uh very excited to be asked and continue to curate and then it helps me learn as well um i'm learning from these people because, like I said before, I think it's this thing where, where you're exposed to these different cultures. Um, empathy is this bridge to to action. It's like sometimes it's like you don't even know what to do, but you see that person. He's like, I know. OK, well, you know, I know that person. You know, we've had people that come from shelters like they come to the shelter. Um, sometimes they'll walk up. Now we have people to come from the shelter and they'll be like, oh, well, I'm homeless. This is my story. You know what I'm saying? And they share. And it's like, sometimes it's like, you don't know what to do. But you're connected to these people. And it's important to be connected to this, the people. And service is important. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's beyond the cameras. It's about having genuine conversation with them. And having great rapport with these people. Because you want to, you just want to see them do good. You want to see them do better. You said earlier, you just want to see people win. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Powerful. Just, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like those things are important to me, you know, now more than ever, you know. And so it's like the opportunities I got, you know, a lot of people don't know is like I lost my brother like 10 years ago to suicide, you know what I'm saying? And so like when I was going through that with my family and a lot of the stuff that was going on, I didn't know who was watching and listening, you know, but this community – 
Um, you know, they, you know, they really supported it. We put a newspaper in. You know, we didn't know how we were going to get him buried. We didn't know what was going on. And, you know, he's a very young man. And so when I lost him, when we lost him, we didn't know what we were going to do, you know. But this community, a lot of people that I didn't even know, they all they all chipped in. And so that opened my eyes, you know what I'm saying? That was another thing that opened my eyes, you know. So it was like, you know, it, it changed my course. And you're giving people that opportunity at Soul Sessions on yeah. Wednesday. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah, like oh, that, yeah, for sure. I, you've used words that are real important in my vocabulary, empathy, vulnerability. Um, and I, I really appreciate you sharing the story about your brother just now. I'm, yeah. I I've, I can uh, relate to that. I lost a really, really close friend in 2018 to suicide. Wow. I'm so, sorry. No, I've, I'm sorry about your brother. Yeah. So it's, it is, um, it's a very different burden that we don't speak about. Yeah, um, nah, that yeah. um, that I think we, as a community, could do better. At, and I love that you're giving people that opportunity with soul sessions. Well, on, thank you on Wednesday. No, thank you. We yeah. need we need more of you out there. In yes. my opinion, because somebody's going to find the courage to come out there and start finding themselves. <clears throat> if they find themselves, maybe they'll grow into a a position in which they can help people do the same. Help yeah. people blossom. You know, you saw Travis and I pick up our pens uh, when you said empathy is a bridge to action. Oh, yeah. And we wrote it down. Um, we don't always do that at the same time, nope. so it was cute. <laughs> yeah. It was totes cute. Mm. Well, you've mentioned, uh, Jeremy, a few times there's several several different of our guests have been like kindred spirits to you. And this, this guy right here is, is mine. He well, is I knew that when he came yeah. down. He came down the steps looking it's, at your Batman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So Batman collection is clutch. Yeah. It is so amazing. But it's like, beyond you know? the Batman. It's the understanding yeah. of, of humans and who they are and trying to understand that we're just people and we're just trying to work and do Culture, good yeah. things. I mean, and we're trying to do good things through our music. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. And through music, we can learn a lot about each other, yeah. whether you like it or dislike it. I want to say something. I just want to piggyback on some of the profound stuff you were saying. Okay. Uh, just one quick little one quick little statement for anybody that listens and gives a shit, cares. Yeah. <laughs> Schmidt, gives a Schmidt. I want to tell you, the easiest thing you can do is criticize. Mm-hmm. So if you out here criticizing... I want you to know you're taking the easy path. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. Yes, and I'm talking to you. It's easy to criticize. One of our final questions on Beats, Brews, and Buddies, and we like to talk about the financial implications that mm-hmm. music has for you. Talk about th- how this town uh, and the financial implications, has, what's the role there for you? Um. Well, as I've always been told, scared money don't make money. And sometimes you lose money, sometimes you get it. So what you're saying is we're going to Rosie's? Yeah, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Wisdom. Wisdom with it. It's just like, you know, it's it's about um, if you believe in what you, you're doing, it does come with a cost. And it's important to take, like for me, I, I was working, you know, I picked up jobs and I took some of the the money from that the, the jobs that I was working and put it into my dream. And it all kind of goes back to this thing where how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, you know? So it's about knowing what you need and having vision and taking that money and using it to your vision. If you need that money for studio time, get studio time with that money. Um, after that, 
you, you document your dreams and take a little bit of money at a time and put it toward it. You know, you need merch, you need to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the thing is, you have to do it out loud. You have to do those things out loud and you have to really um, look at what you're trying to do if, if and know what your role is. And if you're trying to be a local artist, know what that means. If you're trying to go beyond local, you know what I'm saying, know what that means and take the steps to those things and really get to know the culture you're trying to serve. Um, but money is definitely the key. You know, it's like a Jedi. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's used, you know. Uh, so it's important to use it and use the righteously and and not self-righteously, you know, and, 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 and be able to um, take the risk when you know in your gut is, is what you need to do. What's your opinion on the ability to to make good money just doing music in this town? Um, really, it, it, like it goes back to your audience and, and and really, you know, making them aware of who you are, and why you are, and why now. Why should I be listening to you now? Who are you, and why right now? It's important to know those things, and you know. It's about knowing who it's, it's 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 getting away from these things. Oh, like these trends. Oh, I gotta have this flow. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. It's like who are you in this storytelling? And you know what I'm saying? Who are you in this this world? What are you going through? One of my favorite artists was Richard Pryor. Why? Because Richard Pryor, um, he was deeply rooted in a lot of truth. He was going through a lot, but he was very vulnerable. Um, he was very honest with his work, and he made millions. Why? Because the fact is, he was himself unapologetically. He was authentic. He was very yeah. authentic, and so it's important to, to be that, and 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 get away from you know trying to follow trends. Kendrick Lamar just put out a classic album, um, Mr. Morale, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. It just came out. And he told, basically, he told hip hop, this is where I'm going. I don't care about your trends. And I'm going to make an album because you have to be selfish sometimes as an artist and say, I'm going to make this album for me. You know what I'm saying? That's what I do with my music. Like yeah. for me, it's like, you know, I'm in a place where I want to create what I want. And I don't care if 10 people listen to it. I don't mm -hmm. care if one people. I got it off my chest. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's worked. You know, so I'm I'm grateful for the people that have listened. I'm grateful for the people who, who like, hey, I love Blood in the Water. That's one of my favorite tracks. You know what I'm saying? I, I love that song. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I, I've I've been able to, you know, have people, you know, talk to me about things that only we can have that conversation about because they listen. You know, and so it's important to know who you are. And and know that the the financial risk won't be heavy if you are ready to meet and match work with your dream. Some powerful stuff on this podcast. Today. I want to get out of my chair. I'm not going yeah, to. I'm gonna drink yeah. this beer, but I want to. I want to. All right. Well, we're at the point of the evening where uh, we're gonna hit you with the buddy gauntlet. All right, so we're going to ask you three questions that you weren't prepped on. <laughs> All right. 
Give me your, I'm just going. Give me your top three influences of your musical career. Top three influences. Only three, man. Y'all be Yikes. slipping in nine. Only three. Ah, three. Okay. Stevie Wonder. Okay. Nas. Love it. Um, the last one. Somebody who's. Uh, I will have to say Queen. Ooh, you better mix it up. Yeah, I have to say Queen. I definitely have to say Queen. Um, I loved Queen when I was seven, eight, nine. And then um, one of the guys in my bands now, uh, a guy named Josh Mason, loves Queen. He's reignited that flame oh, for yeah. me. It, it's not that I love it. It's just how can you not nod yo. your head? How can you not nod your head at that music? <laughs> Freddie Mercury can't. is legit, yo. Like, my, like, and he knew it. He, was and on, he loved it. It was on the Highlander soundtrack. Like, you know. Um, <laughs> he was on the Highlander soundtrack. Yo, like, I, I love Queen because, uh, like, Queen has so many different songs about life. Like, a lot of bands do. But, like, it's really toe, toe tapping and it's like, it's freeing. I think something about Queen is, I think that you could argue, let me start a fire. You could argue they're one of the greatest bands that ever lived. Um, I, I think that. They get uh, overlooked in that particular category. Like we we know who Zeppelin is. Right? Mm-hmm. We know the Beatles. I feel like Queen is right there, but kind of overlooked in that particular regard. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah. They had yeah. The, they had the balls. Like not saying a lot of artists didn't, but they had the balls to make the music they wanted to make. And uh, Freddie Mercury's lyrics, for me, when I was coming up, growing up, it was just very earth shattering to me. Yeah. And what? it was like you felt the you felt the pain, you felt the rage, you felt what he was. Feeling. But it was yeah. like beautifully. It was beautiful the way they they said it. Yeah, you know? and it, the harmonies. The har- I was getting ready to yeah, say sorry. the backstage harmonies. Yeah, the harmonies. They'd be warming up, and you'd be like, "Yeah, that's not real." Yo, it was <laughs> and they, they would get called out and be like, "You're not really singing." And they were like, "Yes, we are." Yeah, that's just how we sing. And then I love Nas and Snoop stories. Yeah, stories. Nas Nas is just such a visual artist with his words. And it's like I never like you know I've been to New York once, but I didn't I I didn't know what New York was really like until I heard Nas, like you know okay. what I'm saying some of the lyrics the things that he was saying, he painted a picture of where he lived, he painted a picture of the things that people were going going through, and you could relate to the struggle. Like my favorite song by Nas is One Love, yeah yeah, and it's off of Illmatic. Um, Illmatic, of course, is like my favorite album. I would say top ten favorite albums of all time. But uh, Illmatic was just like this portrayal of this young kid coming up and really like knowing what was going on around him, but still staying true to himself and the dreams that he was trying to go through. And not only that, but being a reporter of the things that we don't see mm. and bringing people closer to Queensbridge, closer to what people were going through and so one love was this song that was this 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 love letter to his brother who was incarcerated and the things that were going on outside you know what i'm saying um and you know trying to connect with this dude that was incarcerated who was his brother basically and letting him know it was like hey you know i'm trying to lift you up one love you know so nas nas is just such a a mean he's just like the the ultimate MC mm-hmm. for me, yeah, nice, yeah, definitely. Get it. Your top non-musical influence. Uh, my top non-musical 
influences. This could be with regard to life, with regard to song, with regard to art, with regard to anything. Okay. Um, definitely Nikki Giovanni, who is a poet. Um, she's a writer. She's up at Virginia Tech, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think she, well, she's getting ready to retire. But like, I got I met her three times in my life, and it's never been a good, it's never been a bad time ever seen every time I met her. Mm. She's a very genuine person and a very uh, amazing writer. Um, I, I definitely have to say my mother. My mother is definitely on that list. Um, but you got to pick between the two, according to my question. Oh, I'm I kidding. I'm oh, no, no. <laughs> no. I'll, you, yeah, I've never, I'll never take you. Gotta, you got to take away okay. mom. Yeah. Okay. No, but yeah, I had to say my mom because she's she's been very influential on me and she's a very powerful spirit. Um, good times, bad times. She's. She held us down like a paperweight, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and she dealt with bipolar. She deals with that bipolarism. Okay. Um, and she just, you know, she fought to be my mom. And yeah. so, yeah, like, yeah, you I know, I have to say, you know, and I've seen I've seen her battle. So, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then definitely I have to say top nine musical influence. Uh, I have to, again, like I mentioned before, Richard Pryor. I like that. Um, Richard Pryor, you know... There was one moment where he was playing in Vegas and he was supposed to, you know, get paid a lot of money that night. And a lot of people dictated is the night that he was supposed to have killed his career. But what he did was bounce back and evolve and become Richard Pryor, you know. And so it was this thing where it was like he was emulating other comics and a comic did. I won't say his name, but he used to emulate that comic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then came back and was like, I can, he looked at the crowd and said, like, I can't do this. And walked out and then like came back and became Richard Pryor and, right. and, and ate everybody alive. Yeah. Just being great. You know what I'm saying? And so it's this thing where the people that I pick, you know what I'm saying? They're great storytellers and they're people who, you know, they, they, they were themselves unapologetically. And, you know, it's this thing where people always look for people, the perfect people, but there's nobody that's perfect. You, no. You're going for greatness. Yep. And these people, in my in my mind, they're just the greatest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, What is the biggest issue you've changed your mind on? Wow. Now, that's a tough one. That I am not always right. <laughs> That's not a tough one at all. Yeah, that is tough. You know, it came there because, like, you know, it's like sometimes we get in this thing where we don't take the time to really, like, examine ourselves and examine our hearts to to level up and to evolve. Most don't. And so it's important to know that, like, I'm opinionated right or wrong. I'm always going to say what I'm, what I'm, what I'm going to say. But sometimes like, you know, after evaluation, I'll go back and say, Hey, I was wrong. Yeah. You know, and I will call a friend and tell them like, you know, I've, I burned a lot of bridges in my day, but sometimes you go back and you look and say, Hey, I was wrong. I was wrong. Mm. And so that took me a while to get to, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, when I was younger, I was very cocky. You know what I'm saying? And and I was very, uh, you know, I had to get humbled to learn that, you know, was more important, you know? And and, and so sometimes you, you really, you look inside of yourself and say, I have to 
reevaluate, and, mm. and it's okay to reevaluate, reevaluate, and recalculate, and get to a place of understanding. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's important. That's what I'm about now. That's lovely, man. Um, you know, a lot of people don't even they take for granted the fact that they know themselves. When mm. I, I think, I think uh, myself included, like you don't know yourself until you search. Yourself. Oh yeah, for sure. And if you don't search yourself, time will search it for you. Oh yeah, and you'll you'll grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, Harvest, thank you for coming on thank our show and so, giving us so our twenty second. Yeah, yo, thank you for having me. Twenty second episode. This thing's going well for all the listeners. We appreciate you hanging out. And um, man, I gotta give let's a, do big, a song. I gotta give a big shout out to Ryan Jones for uh, helping us out and hooking us up with some equipment. A big thanks to Alex Gross who is doing video this evening for us. Uh, guys, tw- twenty two episodes, pretty pretty awesome. Twenty two, twenty two. We got one more, and we'll be at Spot on Kirk December tenth live the live episode. Come get and it. Last one. This episode. I'm sorry. I'll put that on the calendar. No, you. So we're we're dropping this episode December sixth, I believe. Uh, you want to set us up with this song, Mister Harvest? Uh, all the gifts. All the gifts is a Christmas song. <laughs> Love it. It's fitting. It yeah. is perfectly fitting for our December le- release. Harvest, you've been a blessing in disguise. So thank you for all you do for this town, and thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me. You guys keep going and keep growing and. Don't ever hesitate to call. I just, I, I would just love to be in the room because this is amazing. Excellent. It's an amazing uh, podcast, and it's amazing to be able to just kind of connect and listen and, and and learn from you as well, and just get me out of my comfort zone because like I probably be watching Matlock falling asleep right now, so, <laughs> which isn't a bad plan. Not, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Beats Bruce and Buddies, have a good night. I don't really want a lot I know that sounds kind of Mariah Carey But you know All I really want is you Close by Nowhere to go Just let it snow Celebrate you home I'll keep you warm All night Let your love show Let your heart grow Cause it's the Time of year for taking it like this, the greatest gift, your smile lifts Happiness, it lives right here, and you're the cure A vision of bliss, even in the blistering cold My heart has grown, and truth be told I don't need more stuff, just more time Cause stuff gets old, get warm conversation Hot cocoa, but marshmallows are stay puffed But you already know, it's all love And love is worth living for, so Live it up Fill your cup, raise it up I know here lately, yeah, things been kinda rough And God we trust, and I can't thank Him enough Another year, and we still right here And this the kind of storm that I don't mind Let's go outside and have us a snowball fight I swear it's your smile that can light up the night <laughs> You and me together, yeah, we'll be alright Come on Nowhere to go Just let it snow Celebrate you home, I'll keep you warm all night Let your love show, 
let your heart grow Cause it's the time of year for taking in life Now once upon a time, you stole my heart Not the Grinch, St. Patty, save the pinch Green, red, and gold equipped Hoop, earrings, stuff, goodies, yams, all the gifts You better than my grandma stripping grits Shaking the boxes, asking for hints Kisses, peppermint, under that mistletoe Rub noses, the antidote Let the season bring joy Childlike, be a light and let it fill your home Not just for a season, but more than just an evening The gaze at a star, and you can grab hold On the beat of fondue, chocolate, fond of you Rocking through the night, you can be my comfort food Here's a holiday wish, it's certified scent On time we sip and relax right here Hope this rhyme brings some Christmas cheer And I'll keep you warm, just be right here Nowhere to go, just let it snow Celebrate you home, I'll keep you warm all night Let your love show, let your heart grow Cause it's the time of year for taking in life I'm saying, can we have like a little bit of joy? Just let it snow let us know. Celebrate you home. I'll keep I just really want you right here. No whammies. Let your love show. No lumps of cold. Let your heart. We can just take it easy, you and me. This is the time of year for taking in life.